Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay. Thursday, he opened up my eyes where he just said, I have no timetable on the decision. It was the yeah. first time he recognized there was a decision. Mm-hmm. He'd kind of been cam, 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 cam. And now all of a sudden it was like, no, there's actually, he's thinking about something here. Oh, he was thinking about something, all right. Yep, that's right. Cam opened the door with messing up mandates for COVID. Mac Jones took advantage of it. I don't know where it went from there. Listen, I did not think the New England Patriots would have the guts right? to start the rookie re- yeah. week one. It's just it, usually not in their DNA. But Mac Jones certainly, I think, has played well enough to give them the confidence or give me the confidence to go, hey, it's going to be fine. I'm not worried about that. I just didn't think they would do it. I am mad I didn't think about the element if they did do that, right. that they might not keep Cam. Yeah. That's the one part of it where I'm like, damn, why didn't I think of that part? Because I know how much they are. And anybody who listens to the pod or the PFT show, they're so into framing the team around the starting quarterback. They don't want you know, that chatter in the locker room about, ooh, that guy looked good today, or the media questions or anything like that. So I'm, uh, I'm pissed that I didn't think of that angle. But nonetheless, that was yeah. the shocker of preseason to this point. Good to see you, by the way. Hey, hey you're Paul Burmeister. Nice I'm Chris Sims, and this is Chris Sims on Button. Well, welcome to the show. <laughs> the, the initial shock that I think we all had, and I had it too, five minutes later, I had that similar kind of feeling, Chris, where I was like, why didn't I see this coming? Yeah. Of, co- of course. Yeah. He outplayed him. Passing game stunk last year, and if they were courageous enough to, to make this cut against the grain kind of move, is Cam really the kind of backup you want with his, That's with the, his the, I know. vaccination status? And is he... Does he want to be the backup? Yeah, is he dependable at all? I yeah. don't know. Is he not? He's not really your prototypical. You know, I think he's a reps guy too. That would be the other thing I said. We've seen him fall out of rhythm throwing the football yeah. very quickly right. throughout his career, not just last year. So like then you're not getting first team reps and getting the amount of throws and practice and stuff. Yeah, he's not necessarily your ideal backup type of guy. I right. think they've seen everything they like from Mac Jones. Clearly, and yeah. they know he's a leader, and they just don't want to disrupt any of that. And right. they don't want to hear the crap of like if Mac Jones has one bad game or a bad quarter where all of a sudden fans and maybe players are like why don't we put cam in they're not the kind of team that wants to deal with that not deal with they're that, not yeah. and i you know i can give one personal experience and we're going to hit on a lot of this we got a good good pod today over unders in the nfc big we got phil. a bunch of amas big phil's going to come on we're going to talk a little cam and yeah. mac jones with him because uh, i think he's got some interesting points that uh, i know i've heard him say over the last few days but you know a little story i think you might know this a little 2008 brady gets hurts his knee you know the bernard pollard low hit they call me, right? As I mean, the game's going on. The Patriots call me. I'm, I've just been released by the Bucks. I'm still not normal after my losing my right. spleen and injury and all those things. I'm getting close, but I'm not there yet. So uh, they bring me in. The next Monday, I go to New England, fly down there. I sit in the meeting room or the waiting room, whatever, for about an hour and a half. And I'm like, man, is, is anything ever going to happen here? Am I going to work out for them? Am I going to get the physical? 
And they kept, you know, like, hey, uh, we'll be with you in a minute, Chris. Sorry, sorry for the wait. And then finally Scott Pioli came in and he just said, hey, Chris, I'm really sorry, but we're not going to go through with this. He's like, uh, I, I'm really sorry for wasting your time and all those things. But it basically explained to me that, you know, they didn't want to have to deal with it's Matt Castle. He had a bad quarter. And, you know, I'm Chris Sims, who's played in the league at that point. I know I'm no superstar or anything like that, but did play in a playoff game just a few years before that, and they didn't want to deal with that. They mm-hmm. were going to go, you know, Matt Castle's good. We believe in him. We're going to, you know, formulate an offense around him and go from there. And I really respect that about New England. It's yeah. something that really jumped out to me when I was with McDaniels in Denver and then even in, you know, in New England when I worked there for the short time. So just out of curiosity, who was the backup then? Was it Damon? Was it Heward? <sighs> Who did they stick with? Holy crap. That's a good question. They brought me and Tim Rattay in that day. Hold on. I should know this. Hold on. I'm going to think. Of, I don't think it was Heward for some reason. I don't want to say. Pete's looking it up. You're looking it he up, was, right, Pete? Damon was probably gone by then. So. Yeah, I don't think it was him either. I'm, right. I'm missing somebody here, but either way, we'll look it up, and he'll hit us up here in a second. Oh, it could have been, it could have been Kevin, Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell. Would that have been his rookie? Okay. Now, yeah. now the o- is it the OC? With, yeah, uh, uh, O'Connell is in one of the teams um, in LA. He's with the Rams. He's with the Rams. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. He's with the he's with the Chargers. He's okay. with the Char- he was with <laughs> the Rams. Now he's with the Chargers. He went there with Brandon. He's been Daly. seeing on the sidelines with SoFi in blue and yellow. Oh no, no, no. He's yeah. back. He's with the Rams. Hold on, I'm all messed up now. You got me all screwed up. Lombardi. Uh, I mean, Lombardi is the uh, the. They brought him in to LA Chargers. Yes, yes. Hold on. I think he's still. And I think Kevin is with the Rams. Yes, I think so. The, the, Former draft pick of the Patriots oh was my around gosh. there for a while. I almost threw out Rohan Davy. Rohan Davy. I, I, I thought about yes. He still is with the Rams. He is the offensive coordinator, and it was him. Rohan Davy. Yes. Was, well, that just tells you he he was there at some point. Oh yeah. You know, and that's the one thing about New England. That's where people don't like. You know, they, yeah, we know they like smart guys who can do everything. They're a believer in throwers, though. And Rohan Davy, even though he didn't have great accuracy, he had throw a, it, a yeah, mile yes, and had yeah. an incredible arm. And those, to me, are the kind of guys you take a chance on late in the draft because you go, oh, maybe we can make him something one day. Right. Didn't work out. But uh, either way, we got a good stuff coming. Let's go. Let's get it going. Yeah, here's how it's going to work today. Obviously, the, the lead story is Cam, Mac, the Patriots. We're going to get to that. We decided to save most of it for when Phil comes on. Yeah. We'll, we'll cover that from every angle. We also want to get to a lot of the questions with the Ask Me Anythings before we get to the NFC over-unders. So uh, let's start to get through some of these questions. Cool. Kansas City offensive line. Yeah. You and I have talked about Ooh. it. Some people are thinking about it. Uh-huh. Brian A. says, do you think Andy Reid built a running O-line over a passing O-line this year? Hmm. How much input does Eric Bieniemy have there, in your opinion? Big fan of the pot. Yeah, Andy's a genius on the offensive line. I mean, it's really been very rare throughout Andy's whole coaching history, whether it's Philadelphia or Kansas City where the offensive line wasn't pretty damn good. Yeah. He's got a he's one of those teams where it's like we talk about the Steelers when they get a receiver you're like, "Oh, they must be onto something. They always seem to have a good receiver that they draft or whatever." Andy's another one where I'm going, "I mean, yeah, I don't know this six-round lineman or this undrafted, but he I mean, Andy's got an eye so for he it. He must be good. He must be good. Right. It's a pass protecting offensive line. I would think so yeah, too. Yeah, that's what the that's what they're going to do. But but you know, good. That you know, the Chiefs have made of course the offensive side so elite that it changes the way teams play them. And we know the best player in football is Patrick Mahomes, where even if the Chiefs don't play well or don't play their best, when Mahomes is protected, we still see them be able to pull out games because he's magical that way. So I think that's what it's about. Running the ball? Well, hey, this is something I brought, out, I brought up a bunch of times. I, I don't envision Kansas City getting into the running attack. 
I just want to know, all right, they're going to protect Patrick Mahomes, and what are they going to do to bring defenses up? That's the thing I keep coming back running to. Running it just enough. I mean, maybe maybe running enough, maybe more screens in the pass game. I, you know, you've heard me say this since last year. There's got to be something else. All the football is going to take what the Bucks have done and these mm. other teams where they go, you're going to throw deep or we're going to drop deep. What are they going to do to bring people up? But either way, the offensive line to me has really popped uh, watching them, and I don't think Patrick too many people are going to get close to Patrick Mahomes this year. One more Chiefs question. Yeah. Brandon Smith says, would be interested to hear you talk about Mahomes publicly saying they will go 20-0 and 0 this summer. Is that a good motivation strategy for a team as talented as they are? Or is it setting the bar too high? Well, I think they like to set the bar too high. They think highly of themselves. And I don't think they're the ones that are like, they're not the type of team that's like, oh gosh, we made this statement. They're going to shoot for it. They know it's, Mahomes knows it's not like, totally realistic right but i don't think he looks at it and goes it's crazy like i mean damn they were gonna go 15 and one last year if he played the last game and the starters played the last game of the True. year you know so it's not insane i don't know about with this schedule this year if i could get behind that and you know again you've heard me say hey the afc is so stacked it's so deep it's four years in a row of the chiefs going deep into the playoffs you know, I'm I'm expecting just a slight little slippage, like you heard me right. say the other day with the, with the Chiefs this year. Not like it's still going to be one of the best teams of football, sure. Just not like 15 and two or 14 and three. Yeah, with the over under with the AFC a couple of days ago, over under at 12 and a half. I think we both took the under, so could see him going long in January, winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. But uh, we did go with yeah, the under a few there, more 12 and, a 12 and five. Yeah. you know, 12 and five, 13 and four. I mean, maybe 11-6, and six, but they're going to be right in that range. Happy to see a Sam Darnold question. Whoa, After the way Sam he played D. over the weekend, this is from at your boy Varney. What up, Varney? Give us a breakdown of Sam Darnold's last game. He went 19 out of 25, two touchdowns, no picks. Can he sustain that level of play that he displayed? I, I, to me, Sam Darnold looked phenomenal. In the last game, he looked, looked really good in the good. week before, even when he only threw two passes. Again, you guys know if you're listening to the pod, I'm into the look and just the look itself. Two weeks ago, I mean, man, he looks quick. The ball's popping out of his hands. You could tell he's got confidence in his game. He's got answers at his disposal mentally against schemes and things like that. He was great in the game the other night. He was. You know, Steelers are not the easiest team to play in the preseason because you're going to get some crazy defenses and things that you Always. might not get yeah. from your own defense, but. I, again, I just think he made a few plays moving around in the pocket. And then, again, as anybody has ever listened to me, Sam Darnold, for me, from 5 to 20 yards is, is almost a machine. Hmm. He is as accurate as it gets in that department. You know, I've always said, like, one thing I'd like to see him do is be a little bit better of a deep ball thrower, yeah. which I thought he was a little bit last year, and hopefully he can do that this year. But, yes, I am a, I'm, all, I'm all in on the Panthers, as you know, on the NFC, yeah. and I really like the way he looked. Over under their 7.5, we'll hit that uh, in just a little bit. We, but yeah. thinking about the wide receivers and the fact that you said 5-20, to 20, Sam Darnold's really good, they're kind of built for that with McCaffrey as well. I mean, 20, 20 yards and less yeah. should be in their wheelhouse. I, it should be in their it, – it's that offense. It's the West Coast offense, right? Yeah. It's the Joe Brady, Joe Burrow offense from LSU. And when you break them down, you make the point. First off, three-headed monster at wide receiver in Carolina. Yeah. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall has come on as the preseason's gone. He played really well the other night. You said McCaffrey out of the backfield. Dan Arnold, a good pass-receiving tight end from the Arizona Cardinals last year, is on the roster with it. The offensive line's better. I just would be shocked if Sam Darnold doesn't silence some of the haters this year and everybody goes, damn, 
that's more like the Sam Darnold we thought we were going to see in the draft. And as I always go back to, you know, hey, Robbie Anderson didn't look that great with the Jets either. Nobody looks good with the Jets (laughs) over the last five or six years. When you're around shit, you're going to smell like shit and be shitty at times. That's just the plain and simple fact of it. And I think my dad's here. Nice of you to swear three times as the old man. Just for dad. He taught me that word. Big Phil, there he is. We can actually see him this year, too. Phil, good to see you, man. Well, hey, hey, Paul, Christopher, good to see. You. I can't see you guys. I don't know. You know, you guys. It's all right. Didn't spend enough money to get me those pictures. I don't know. <laughs> what are you but, doing? Uh, Is mom sitting over there in the background listening to me or anything? I saw you looking at somebody. I thought maybe you had mom or somebody there watching me. Uh, no, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Oh, okay. Um, kinda, <laughs> oh, there we go. I'm on now. Got it. Try not to look at anything. I, I got out of bed this morning, just put a shirt on. And came and did Zoom calls. Yeah. <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. Right. But look, see, look at you two. Paul, your T-shirts. You're still young, Paul. You can wear that. I, I, I don't, I, I don't years, know if still young you fits. You will be able to pull it off. Well, it's nice of you to say. I think your picture might be a little blurry. But <laughs> thank yeah, you. Well, I, mean, I hope yes. it is. I like to be blurry. i got to pull. Look at I got notes on the wall of things i got to do uh, today. Yeah. Um, but, hey, I like some of the things you said there, Christopher. You know, Sam Darnold, Joe Brady. Uh, if you watch Joe Burrow at uh, down at LSU, the only time they threw the ball really down the field deep was when they got a matchup outside and he lobbed one down the field or right. threw like a little hole shot or whatever down the sidelines. Uh, so he's done it at Carolina. Sam Darnold's built for that. And, um, hey, you, you know, you're right. It's a good thing he's not in New York right now because the team really hasn't changed and become something we think where they could really surprise people this year. And all they would be doing all year long, all of us, probably me included, we would be hating on Sam Darnold. Yeah. So, man, he what a good move for him. This yeah. is his chance. Yeah, you know, no. And, and just it's, to yeah, already get a second chance in the NFL to be a franchise quarterback. Right. A second chance. This is his second chance. He's got to make it work. Yeah. And, and you know, Dad, I did too. Like, I mean, Dad and I, we like the new culture with the Jets and all that. But, I mean, damn. I mean, all the injuries they've had, yeah. new pieces, young guys, all that. How can you expect too much again this year? And he's right. Like, everybody would blame San Darnold. Instead, we can just go, hey, Jets, just you got something with Zach Wilson. We've seen enough already. Just don't Joe Burrow him and put too much on him and put him in danger's way and all that. And right. uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. That should be their number one goal with the Jets this year is just protect him, make sure he looks good and gets better and better from there. Exactly. Hopefully he has enough success and uh, good stuff around him where he can come out of the season feeling good, whether they won four games or seven games. Yeah. I mean, that's your future. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Phil, we, we have an obvious lead story presented to us yesterday from your old boss yeah, there. Or w- one of your old coaches there, Bill Belichick. What was your first reaction in a day later, now that you had time to think about it, uh, to the news that the Patriots cut Cam Newton and are going with Mac Jones? Listen, I was surprised. I mean, you know, that's an understatement. I just thought for sure they would go with Cam Newton. My guess was, I don't even know if I said to you, uh, you and I talked about it, Christopher. I said, I think they'll start Cam Newton. No matter what goes on, they're going to find a way to get, you know, Mac Jones into that lineup during the first game of the year. And I said, when he comes in, I expect him to really open it up and let him do his wheeling and dealing, which I think he's really good at, spread the field, the opposite of what they would have seen with Cam Newton. And that way you break him in easy. But, um, wow, New England, they're just not afraid. You know, they're not worried about what people think. I know you say this all the time, Christopher, but they get something in their mind. They know what they're doing. And, man, they go with it, and they don't look back. And that's that's the great thing, too. Right. I, I mean, uh, 
I, I told Paul a few minutes ago, I was mad that I didn't think about if they named Mac Jones that they might cut Cam Newton. You know, just because I, I know how much they are into framing the team. I told the story about me going up to New England when I got hurt. Yeah. You know, and then that. they were like, no, we're just going to let Matt Castle be the guy. We don't want to have to deal with, you know, the quarterback conversation all the time. They're very into that. I'm, I'm pissed that I didn't think of that. I really am. Because they are just so into that. They don't want those distractions. And like Dad said, that's where they're going, going all in. Dad, well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, let me say on this that. to you yeah. about that story. You're sitting up there waiting to get a workout when they sent you home. you know, And they didn't have to do this. And you know, I've known Bill Belichick since 1979. I don't talk to him now like I used to, of course. But he called me and said, look, um, I just want to tell you why. It's no disrespect to you or your son. And I said, well, don't worry about me. And I said, listen, I'm sure my son understands. And I, I just said, I appreciate the call. Yeah. That was really nice because, you know, most coaches wouldn't do that. And, uh, and, and when he told me the reasoning, I got to tell you, even though my son, I wanted him on the team, I just went, wow. I, it really makes sense, and you're doing the right thing, too. Yeah, I'm with you. I've respected it, too, even though it was not in my favor. I really respect I was like, damn, these guys are on another level. I mean, this mm-hmm. is the kind of guy I want to play quarterback for him, right? right. I mean, he's just going to – no distractions. You're the guy. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now it's time. Like, just Mac Jones, go ahead. Like, tell us just what's jumped out to you, what you love well, about him, and everything you've seen in the preseason. Okay. There's so many things that we could talk about here. One, the pre-draft talk about it. Okay, let's get into all that a little bit. Well, he's not athletic in this. Well, I tell you what, he looks a lot more athletic on the field than I expected him to. Yeah, He moves in the pocket as well or as good as we see almost anybody in the league already doing. He can get rid of the ball so quick that that surprised me too. I know I saw it at Alabama, but it even sticks out more in the NFL. Uh, his accuracy is unquestioned. Uh, his arm strength looks better in the NFL than I thought it would too. I think that was one thing that I worried. I said about him, I like so much about him, but I worried about the arm strength. And let's get into this, guys. Remember, he he works the pocket, and he makes plays that the other rookies are not going to make. Yeah. So everything is not about, well, we got to run the ball with the quarterback. I, I just said it, it gets it gets too, we over, overblown. It gets too overblown. And yeah. what are you trying to do on offense? Yeah, Cam can run the ball and get you power runs. But could Cam Newton – Get rid of the football and find guys as quick as Mac Jones can? And the answer is absolutely not. Yeah. If you know anything about football, that was truly evident during the you know, the preseason. And the last thing is this. When Cam Newton, you know, couldn't practice those couple of days, well, Mac Jones let it up. And yeah. now it's just all about him. And I'm sure when that was over, they went, wow, okay, now – and then they got the final piece and the final preseason game. He just came out and did it again. Yeah. Three yeah. things he does. I'm going to, of course, we're going to talk about this on everything, but he threw receivers open. He threw receivers and protected them. And he was dead eye with the ones that were open. Right. And his movement in the pocket was not good. It was really good. Yeah. So will that carry over to the season as much? I think he'll struggle some. There's no doubt he's going to struggle. I don't think their receiving core is one that you can go like Miami. Can they match up their guys one on one and beat the Miami corners and the safeties and all that? That's a I think it's going to be tough. I know. So what they'll do, it, they'll find another way to do it. Yeah, that's where I. That's where I thought they would start. Can that's a, back back to that logic right. there. You know, definitely. I, and Dad made a point to me the other day about the Cam Mac thing that really like stood out to me. Where I, again, where I was like, "Damn, Chris, why didn't you think of that?" Because I was always like. 
why Cam can bring that element to the run game, right, to really accentuate it. this is an unbelievable run-blocking offensive line. I mean, they're one of those teams like we saw last year where it was like, we know they can't throw it, but they're still run for 180 yards in the game. And Dad goes, you know, I think we got to stop worrying about, you know, some of those plays we're going to miss in the run game and realize all the plays they're going to gain in the pass game around Mac Jones. And when he said that to me, I went, that's the point. And right. then Cam opened the door, like Dad said last week. Mac took advantage of it. I really still don't think this was going that way until, until that Cam messed week. this up. Yeah. I do. I mean, you know, yeah. Belichick's comments changed in that time. You know, we played it in the opening. He made two comments to basically say, no, there's a, there's a competition all of a sudden where right. it was nothing to do with that. So when Dad made that point, and I know you kind of just said it, but yes, that brings Josh McDaniels back into the fold more to where it's now all his genius in the pass game and everything he can do. Yeah, Mac is certainly more capable in Cam in right. that department. Your dad brought up two words that I think really fit the Patriots too, Phil, and that's that they're simple, but they're so fitting. You said they're not afraid. And there are other head coaches and offensive coordinators who might have seen the same thing. They wouldn't have made that move. And the fact that they're not afraid is just perfect. I'll tell you another thing. You know, Paul, I'll say this real quick. Yeah. I I would bring a lot of those up, but I just don't want to alienate everybody before the season starts. (laughs) Uh, The chicken. Yes. Right. It's everywhere. uh, Decisions that people make. That's all it is. The safe ones. uh, Coaches, everybody, they get intimidated by what's going to be said and all that. And first off, don't read it. You know, I mean, come on. Right. You're going to read comments from people like us sitting on uh, panels and sports right. radio and all that. Come on. I mean, come right. on. Come on. Come on. We just went over this. How much do they really know? Get another quarterback and fire the coach. Okay, there we go. We covered it. Right. Yeah, right. In addition yeah. to not afraid, though, I don't know what the, the, the two words are to be parallel to that, but also being willing to change, to come off your original call and to get to meetings and say, gosh, you know what? This is going to be really difficult, but I think we should, we should pivot over this way. A lot of coaches remove the not afraid. A lot of staffs wouldn't be willing to come off of a feel they had an entire offseason to make a change like that. They, uh, I mean, Dad will know this more than, better than that. I mean, they're they're always assessing. There they're you go. Always, always assessing. assessing. Yeah, you know. I mean, back to Bledsoe and Brady. Yeah, yeah, Bledsoe does some things that maybe Brady can't, but Brady has these other elements that he can do. And damn, let's just stay with them. And whatever they don't ever stop that. You know, that's why they haven't been afraid. Like you know, the cut players that are popular up there that are coming yeah. down to the end, change game plans on a week to week basis. You know, I mean, again, that's another thing that's not afraid too. We played this way, was this way one week, and then most teams would be like, "Well, we can't do that way the next week. That's crazy. We haven't practiced that." And they're like, "No, screw you. We can. We're going to coach it, and we're going to play a different way next week." And that's where they're the New England Patriots. Right. Let me say this, Paul. They bring up a great one: assessing. When Tom Brady was a rookie, they were assessing everything. They saw the Tom Brady that he became, maybe not to the what uh, the heights that it has, but they knew that the leadership, the you know, the, knowing how to play the position, players gravitating towards him, all that, it was there. And they knew that during his rookie year because, you know, I did so many Patriot games, they would always give me these things. And I know I've told you these stories. They go, hey, this Brady is a lot better than you think he is. I go, I, I didn't say anything about it. You know? I, <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? But it was there. And so when the time came, yeah, they made the change or they had to, but they were going to stick with it because they saw the long-term effects that he would have on the football team. And the last thing too, Christopher and Paul, if you watch the games, the one thing that's holding true with that new England offensive line is this about pass protection. 
It's about protecting inside. Yes. And that's he, so Mac Jones has been able to step up a lot. And so did Cam Newton the other night. Yes. So protect inside, you know, outside go around us. And that pocket has been really good all preseason. For yeah, the, they, they stress that. They're, they're the machines of, hey, the quarterback's going to be six and a half yards behind the football. That's where he's going to be. And, you know, they're famous because they want to push the pocket because they know that disrupts the quarterback. Well, they don't want that to happen to their own quarterback. And they always used to use the phrase like, hey, we're going to keep it up front. We're going to push the guys around you and you'll be able to step up in the pocket. And it's going to be like seven on seven. You know, you're not going to worry much about people around you and all that. And then when they used to say that, a big like, man, that makes a lot of sense. No doubt. Dad, dad yeah. brought up a good point there. Go ahead. What do you want to go with next? Let's get with a couple of questions yeah. that we promised from Twitter that uh, people want to hear from Phil and also from you. This is more about Cam, Phil, than it is about Mac. This is from Vincent W. He says, what do you think about Cam either going to Atlanta or Dallas as a backup to Matt Ryan or Dak Prescott? Uh, I think he would fit better if he went to Atlanta. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, say the way, we see the way Tennessee played. I'm sure that's the way Atlanta want to plays, uh, wants to play, and Cam Newton would fit that. Play action, you know, throw the ball, rip it down the field, things like that. And then, of course, still able to move around enough and maybe put in a, a run play here and there for the quarterback. So he fits that better. I don't see him being a great fit down in Dallas for what they do right. and how they run their offense. But we'll see. Um, I mean, listen, wow. You got to think of this. Cam Newton in Atlanta. I think he lives down there. Uh, if he's the backup, man, the team starts to struggle. You know, that fan base could go crazy too. So you got to think about that a little bit. I That's think. definitely true. I agree with that point uh, all the way. I agree with them that Atlanta would be the better fit. What We just saw New England didn't like to put Cam Newton in the shotgun with three receivers, four receivers, empty set. So now he's going to go to Dallas where we know that's what they're going to do? Yeah. I mean, they're they're hinging on getting the shotgun. Dak, can you throw for 400 yards every game for us? I mean, that's what they're going to do. I just or don't see game. how that yeah, – yeah. yeah, I just don't see that happening uh, either. So I'm with that. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where this goes. With I've Cam. got another team, though, to think about Okay, here. go ahead. Okay, this is from, from uh, Adi M27. Phil, what do you think of the possibility of Cam Newton signing with Seattle? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would say I don't like it just because we're talking about Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Those are some big personalities. Mm. And um, I, I think Seattle is just one of those teams – they're not stressing over who their backup quarterback is. Yeah. And Russell Wilson's never really missed a stamp. That one year, I don't know how long ago it was, where he hurt his foot or his ankle. Yeah. Oh, my God, he couldn't even walk, and he played a couple games and fought his way through it. So um, it, it's hard to find the backup that's going to protect your football team in today's game once you lose your quality starter. Right. It really is. Right. You know? And they're, they're, Andy Dalton did a really good job last year in, in Dallas. But still, they went, what, 6-10? and 10? Yeah. So, uh, it just it, it, it's kind of tough. We talk about the backup quarterback. Yeah, if you've got a super team that can do a lot of things, they can come in and manage the game. But, you know, the league now is the quarterback's got to make plays every week for your team to really have a chance to win. Yeah. I, I, I mean plays. I mean Big plays. Yeah, yeah. right. Game-changing plays. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. And I think Seattle's another one of those teams where I don't think they'd want to deal with that. Yeah. I think they're kind of into like, no, no, this is our quarterback. We're framing the team. I don't think they want to deal with those. They got enough shit going on up there. 
I mean, <laughs> they could just signed them all. Jamal Adams, Dwayne, Dwayne yeah. Brown wants more money. I mean, Quandre Diggs at safety sitting out right now because he wants more money. I mean, they don't need to bring that up upon themselves right now. I, listen, as I sit here, the only team I don't know if there's any team that makes sense to me right well, that, now. That was my, that was my next question, yeah. not from anything we collected on Twitter, but but from me, guys, like. Do you see any team signing him in the next week? And this is before we get to whatever injuries happen during the season. Right. In the next week, do you think anybody is it going to be into signing him? I, I I don't know, Dad. I don't I don't think so. I need so. to be talked into it. I can. If you guys I'm think all so. over the. I mean, I think. I, yeah, I don't see that happening. If I'm him, I'd probably want to wait for an injury. If you told me Cam Newton never plays in the NFL ever again, I might go. Eh. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where this He's certainly not going to overwhelm people with great film from the last few years. No. So that's going to be an issue. I have thought of Baltimore. Baltimore's the one team where I go, hey, they're good. You know, I think they could handle the personality. The offense might fit him a little bit. Uh, but, but I still don't even feel great about that. I don't know. Dad, you got any other it, thoughts there? Well, yeah. It, I heard you this morning. And listen, I watched I watched him in college, Tyler Huntley, and and – Man, yeah, he's, he was terrific. He's doing great, right? He can move, he can run, so they can still keep in the Lamar Jackson runs. I don't know if you can really keep those runs in there with uh, Cam. Cam Newton. You're right. You know, he's a good power runner, but he's not a fast runner anymore. That's for sure. You're right. And I, I don't see Baltimore doing it either. You know, no. I, I don't see that. It I, one, I don't even think it's a good fit, really. But also, I, I don't see them doing it just for the reason there's Lamar Jackson. Let's don't let's don't disrupt this. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some other questions with some other quarterbacks, unless you guys have a couple other things that you want to hit no. on New England. No, let's go. Hit oh, it. No, You're the man. Good. Let's see if you hit the other questions that I want to answer. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, this one's uh, on Trey Lance, Phil, from Ralph oh, Del Sardo. There we go. Fellow Moorhead State football alum. What? What? Oh, he said, love the big two effort. people in the world that went to Moorhead State? <laughs> Probably a couple dozen. <laughs> love the work you guys do. I knew Trey Lance was a raw quarterback, but the way he throws the ball is even more concerning than I thought. How difficult do you think it will be to fix, and can it be done during the season? Uh, yeah, it can be done during the season. I think it comes down to him to say, you know, a lot of those throws we're talking about, can you just ease up on the the throw a little bit? And you know, you know, everybody talks about all the drops in preseason about with the San Francisco 49ers. Look, I don't know if I call them drops. I, I don't know what you want them to do. He throws it so hard, and it's Christopher said it many times. It's not a perfect spiral. It's hard to catch, and yeah, he's got to fix that. You know, and it, see, that's the only way he knows. I never saw him throw any other way. Right. In North Dakota State. Right. I'm not going to say I watched every play intently, but I watched just You watched a lot. I know. Yeah. I watched a lot. And it was throw it as hard as you can when the guy's 10 yards right in front of you going across the middle. And in the NFL, come on. That's disaster. These are humans going across there going, who's in front of me? Right. And we just talked about that with Mac Jones. See in front, throw the ball accordingly, make this receiver feel comfortable. And what he has to do is slow the arm down, speed the body up. Now, nobody's going to know what that means. I think, Paul, you and Christopher understand it. He's just got to soften the arm and get more body into the throw, and that gives you more touch. You're not going to have great touch by going, oh, let me flick it you with can't my fingers. It, no. You know, we don't have that touch every day. Right. That's not always there. That's why you got to go back to a big fundamental. And when you move your body more, your arm slows down, and it gives you better touch. And you have a much better chance of throwing perfect spirals, too. Yeah, to Dad's point, like if you ever see Rodgers 
Mahomes, they got to throw like a little fade in the back in the end zone. They're on the seven or eight yard line. They don't let their arm get longer and go, I'm going to go really slow like this and do it. That's no, it. they keep it really tight. And that's where we go, look, it's just a little flick of the wrist. And it's actually like, no, look, it's actually perfect mechanics. Right. They use the body. They tighten the arm a little bit. And that's what softens up. I don't know if he can do that. I got to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. I'm not as, mu- as positive as dad on that one. What this was my issue. Listen. You know, well, yeah, Christopher, yeah, and Paul. He's not going to change that during the year. No, he's not. He can't. No, you know that that is, you know, that was a, a concern of mine coming into the draft. Just what the ball does in his hands as he throws it, and right uh, so far that's proven true. But yep. look, you know, th- there's many other ways for him to survive. He's not going to be, he's not going to be Mac Jones, right. And doesn't want to be. And Mac Jones will never be Trey Lance. That's for sure. Right. So, but he'll learn. And one thing I've always and I've said to my son and you probably many times in the NFL, you learn to become a very good thrower because you realize one thing, controlling the football is everything. Right. Because when you really control the ball, you become smarter because you trust what you see and you, you make decisions, you make them with confidence and you put the ball exactly where you want it to go. When you don't trust it, man, oh, I don't know if he's open or not. I don't want to take that chance. And you change your decision making. And I, I see it with quarterbacks. And I'm, I'm not going to name names. I will off the air. But guys that have always go, yeah, I don't think so. And they throw the check down. Yeah. And there's a reason why they throw those checks down. They're afraid of that power throw down the field. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, Trey Lance has just got to manage what he's doing. I know they'll do a good job with him. And, look, he's going to play. And I, I would think they're going to find ways to get him, even with that finger, he'll be in week one for nothing else just to come in and hand the ball off. I, I don't disagree with him. And, yeah, hey, listen, just to Dad's point about, like, decision-making and stuff, yeah. there, there's – I could take probably three, four, five pass plays just in the in preseason football where I went, ooh, that was open and the pocket's okay. He just didn't trust it to cut it loose because yeah. he'd lost a few balls be- before that. Yeah. And then that's what some of the snaps you've seen him hold the ball too long or take a sack and some of that. I go, oh, there's somebody open. But he's thrown two errant balls before that, and he's just yeah. going, I don't know if I trust myself right now. Yeah. And that, that is a real thing. It affects your decisions. Dad oh. talks about it all the time. It's 100% it, you know, What about not, this, Paul? Yeah. What about this? You know, and Christopher, I said it, and you even uh, – I don't know if you and I were talking or what, what it was, but I go, throw the ball outside more. That way he doesn't have to worry about what's in front of the receiver. Do yeah. that. I know it's not a great part of Kyle Shanahan's passing offense, but I know Trey Lance loved throwing it to the outside, outside the numbers to right. the sideline while North Dakota State. And I wrote my notes many times. Man, he throws power out cuts. He does, yards, right? Well, whatever. He lets them go. Yeah. And he throws those better than he does the balls over the middle, in my opinion, right. so far. Yeah. So. And he's going to get a lot of single safety defenses yeah. because they're worried about the quarterback run. And he's going to be able to throw those routes Dad's talking about out routes, comebacks. Oh, the guy's impressed. Let me just throw a go down the sidelines. That right. was his best stuff in college. And I hopefully Kyle realizes that and maybe builds on that a little bit. And when you're making that speed, velocity, power throw to the sideline, you can do that and get away with it because the receiver's not running as fast as he can the other way. Right. Or he if the ball, if it's it. too hard and crazy, the ball goes out of bounds. There you go. Right. You don't have yeah. to worry about it popping up in the middle of the field and going, oh, now it's a pick and now they got the ball and all those things too. One more, uh, one more Trey Lance question here, Phil, also for you, Chris, too. This is from Tamars and back. Do you think some of Trey's issues could be solved by being behind the first team offensive line where he has a little more time to process? 
Well, he was, wasn't he, at times? At, in, know, in the last game, he was quite a bit. Yeah, I think so. He was. I mean, I know Trent Williams wasn't out there. I think that's the only one he got the first team offensive line. But, no, I don't worry about that part with Trey Lance. Yeah. It, to me, it's just what we're talking about. You know, yeah, of course, the first team O-line and, you know, the run game gets going. And, Dad, like he's saying, yeah, he's going to look better because his ability to run and all those type of things. The but throwing issues the are issues still are there. The issues are the throwing. Right. That's yeah. all it is. It's just got to – he needs more polish, controlling the ball, like Dad's saying. Learn how to spin the ball and throw some better spirals. That's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, just hey. you don't want to catch a cement block coming at you. No. That's being that's it's flying. such a real thing. Right. Phil, if you get a quarterback who's talented and throw the heck out of the ball in the offseason, you get a couple of hours with him and the coach has said he needs to throw a better spiral. The arm strength is there, but we need more touch. What's the first thing you do with him? Well, the coach doesn't have to tell me. I'm going to see that right away. And, you know, and, and the spiral part of it is it's a mechanical flaw. And, you know, I'll spot that. I hate to be such so arrogant, but I am. Uh, I'll spot it every throw. You know, I don't even have to watch the quarterback. Christopher, you know this. I can see the ball and go, well, you must have done this and you did this. Yeah. You know, it's like golf. The ball doesn't lie. And, um, yeah, there's ways to change it to get them to throw spirals. I've done it with my son, Matt, more than me, with many, many high school Division One quarterbacks going. Yeah. And still in high school are going to be Division One quarterbacks. And they spend – I just say this. Here's what I always – here's my pitch. Do you want to throw it farther, harder, and spin it better? Then, all right, come see me, man. Uh, that's it. I don't know what else to say. And you know it to be true, Paul, and my son knows it to be true. And everybody, oh, you and your mechanic sims. Hey, well, come on. To be repetitive is the way you become great. Tom Brady works on his mechanics all the time. And you said it the other day, Christopher, I heard you go, damn Tom Brady is throwing the ball as well and as hard as he's ever thrown in his career. Yes. And his mechanics are flawless. the charts They're flawless. They are flawless. Exactly And if I showed you some of the things he does, it's so, oh, well, you can't do that. Oh, keep your feet together when you throw. You know, all these things. Reach way back with your arm. Uh, that all these a lot of quarterback people talk about, they're stupid. There's no other word for it. It's just not true. That's true. Tom Brady, when he strides to throw the ball, you could drive a truck between his legs. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He's leaning on that back foot because Paul, he's going to throw a fastball. Yeah. And he right? gets off on throwing the ball hard. He, he does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. I've, I've witnessed it. When, so, I, when I was working there, man, he used to come out in early practice. And again, Dad will attest to this because people still fight me on this where I try to tell people, Brady's arm is an all-time arm. Mm-hmm. I, it's yes. not, okay, Rodgers or Brett Favre or Dan Marino in his prime. But the next list of group of great throwers, to me, is Tom Brady. Yeah. And if you saw it, you know, he's so long. He's got long yes. arms and big hands. So he doesn't look like he has to try hard to throw it hard. And I think that tricks people. But I know being on the field against him, it's piss missile after piss missile. And then <laughs> and being in New England, he did get off. He'd come out some days early yeah. in practice and be throwing rifles, and he'd be talking crap to the receivers. You ready for that? Could you catch that? <laughs> I mean, so to Dad's point, he does, and he's so much more of a talented thrower than right. people realize. He went through a funk in like 10, 11, 12, 13, where he got into this, I'm going to put my Ooh. arm high and do yes. all this and throw it straight and. That's where I started right. to go. He's not a top five quarterback anymore. He couldn't throw the ball over ten yards. Everything was all over the place. But he fixed it, and now he's just—he's a machine. Right. He's back into like Rogers, yeah. Josh Allen, Mahomes mode. Where I go, I don't know too many people that throw better than that guy. Right. He—he he got hey, into Paul. that. This is the first time I heard it, Phil. The uh, C thrower, like holding it high. 
versus oh, the U thrower. Yeah. 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 I, go ahead, you know, Phil. Hold it high. Okay. The, he, Christopher is exactly right. There were guys, I'll give Trent Dilfer, Trent Dilfer credit on this. He actually said, for Tom Brady for being such a great quarterback, I remember hearing him say, he throws more balls into the ground and misses. And I just went, wow, you know, I don't know if I'd have had the courage to say that on TV. Yeah. But he said it, but it was because his release got so high. Right. So think about it this way, which I see all the time. A kid throws, I go, oh, does your coach tell you you got a great high release? And he goes, yeah, well, it's terrible. <laughs> and and so when you get it up high, just think about the timing of the release. It has to be perfect. So now you get balls that are on target, balls in the ground, and a lot of footballs that go way over the head of yep. the receiver. Yep, right. You get everything. And – you know, it's it's like golf. You know, you go around to hit the ball. You know, I, well, whatever. It's just uh, it's hard to explain. But the mechanics are really big. Yes, and all the good, just like golfers, they they don't have a bad swing and win tournaments. Right. Yeah. You, you right. Gotta have certain mechanics and. Some of the things we're talking about. Yeah, that's right. Tiger Woods He's, wasn't out there just winging it. Right. He had like nine different coaches and was all over it all the time. Personal example, I spent I spent age 16 to 25. My number one goal was to throw the football better. Didn't really right. get that much better. I spent two hours with your dad at age 43 throwing better than I ever did my entire life. No yeah. embellishment. I'd say that if Phil wasn't here. Yeah, I know. So, you said it before. Dude knows what he's talking he about. Does. Well, he does. Well, it was more than two hours, Paul. Unfortunately, after three hours, you looked at me and go, I think I'm done. <laughs> wait, he didn't, wait, he didn't have <laughs> to take – did four. he have to take a pee break in between at all? Because he's kind of getting famous here for pee that was, breaks. That was early to mid-40s. Okay, so this is early – you know, we have about an hour wait. time limit, and then we have to break down because he has to go break? use the bathroom. Well, <laughs> it's it's, it's close to this story all the time too, Paul. What's that, buddy? I say this, and I've said it many times, and I mean it to be true, and it is true. When I was 55 years old, yep. I was throwing one day with a group of kids, and I warmed up before because back then I would throw and demonstrate. And I was throwing the ball, and I go, damn, I'm throwing the ball better now than I ever did in my career. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 55. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, of course, it ended pretty quick after that. Now, <laughs> I did not throw one ball this whole offseason overhand. Now, I don't think I threw one for real. Oh, that had to be tough. Everything's underhanded. No, I just listen. Respect the age. I'm going to tell you that <laughs> Reggie White landed on those shoulders a lot, Paul. They're a little sore. <laughs> no, it's not my shoulders. It's the twisting and turning. Oh, it's so the it's, back. It's, That's what you got. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. you. I got you. But listen, Paul, I didn't do it with you. I don't know. I might challenge you. I could throw it underhanded better than you can overhand right now. Uh, he's, what? Uh, he's obsessed with his underhand. He could, Dad can throw the ball. Are you serious? 40 yards underhand, perfect spirals. I can throw it 50 yards overhand, perfect spirals. Yeah, but can you throw 18-yard outcuts on a line and hit them one after another? I can. You can? Underhand? Yes, I can. It's his new show-off thing. He loves the show-off. Do you show wind it up uh, like, a, like a softball pitcher or you just do it one time? No, no, man. I get it quick and tight, and I rip that thing. And, I mean, it's – listen. It's good. I, I'll give you a quick story. Here you go. <laughs> so, there's a coach. I won't say the school. A Big Ten school. All right. He goes around and sees all the quarterbacks in the Northeast in this area we live in. And he, fortunately, it was kind of funny, he went to see four of our guys that we had thrown a lot with. And he's standing there waiting to see them throw and do their workout. And he's kind of talking to the coach so he, at, at the fourth one, who's a really good player. And he's gonna, uh, I don't want to talk about his name, but he can really, really – and Christopher, you've seen him throw. Yeah. I'm Phil. But he's throwing it underhanded, messing around before they start the workout. And he goes, what the hell is it with all these guys throwing underhanded? 
and, and, and the guy goes, starts laughing. He goes, oh, he goes, you know, they work with the Simses and, you know, they're always messing around, throwing the ball underhanded. So they want to do it, too. And, he goes, and so that, that I thought it was pretty funny that they all they all love trying to do it once I start doing it. And it's not me yet in that department. Yeah. Dad's huh. got a few got dad's got two kids that he showed me who awesome. I mean, they can throw I mean it, it's just like man, is there is there going to be is there going to be 15 guys in the NFL in like 10 years with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes type arms? Wow. Yes. I mean, it's just They're where it's good. going. He shows them the throws they do. They teach all these awkward throws and you just go Holy cow. I mean, there's only a few people I feel like in the NFL that could, do, could do that do right it. now, wow. and they're they're doing it. So You know, one day I would love to just, you know, whatever, and even show them or talk about it. And that, that time will come, too, Christopher. Yeah, uh, I think when they go, I said to him, I said, this guy here's arm is better than Patrick Mahomes. Jeez. Wow. It's better. Wow. There's just no way that Patrick Mahomes – I've seen him throw it over 70 yards with no effort. I've seen – it's it's – so, you know, I don't want to say the names and put sure. all that pressure on them and do all that. But, man, I just it, – it's amazing to watch young kids now compared to five years ago, especially ten years ago, how many unbelievable throwers of the ball that, that we get a chance to see. They yeah. certainly throw it a lot more in the young age with all the camps Definitely. and everything than they oh, used yeah. to. So. Definitely. Hey, Be Phil. Man, Dad. Phil, good to see you, man. Good to talk to you. That's it. I mean, you brought me on. That's all we're going to do. That's I think it. So. Yep. I of think. Course, I mean, that was yeah. you know, me on. My son's throwing out curse words like they're you know. He's I know. Paid to do it. I well, know. that was a good fucking thirty-one minutes right there. <laughs> oh, it was okay. Yeah. Hey, what what is it? What is it? You Mike was making fun of you. All those things. What is it? Oh yeah, uh, and things like that. And things like that. Man, yeah. I got. I'm bad right now. I am. And things you know, like that is my crutch word it. right now. Yeah. What? Well, you just got to throw some money in a jar, like a big number. That'll stop you. Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> Every right. time I show you say it, just rip out 100, boom. <laughs> so you're th- you know, I don't think I should drink on the show for every time I say it and have an alcoholic no, drink. drink. <laughs> I was saying, you know, I used to say a few curse words around Greg Gumbel when I was working with him. And I said, look, I'm not going to curse ever again. And so I started getting a holy gamoli and i'd say things like that and greg gumbo after about three weeks says i'll give you a thousand dollars if you just start cursing again <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it pay you to so. do it see you man all right all guys right, have a great day thanks, thanks for having me on see you thank you for coming man it's nice to see phil yeah we're talking to yeah him, no right? i was shocked when i said dad do you want to zoom today i was like you there don't have was. to he's yeah. like yeah i'll zoom send yeah. the link it, he's right there in his house too right he's right in the house you know i mean of course he's in his house see that's uh, did you see the background there that's like that's rich people crap right I there was he's got a picture of a butterfly in there like that's rich people crap right there like oh, i got a picture of a special butterfly behind me i mean come on <laughs> throwing underhand <laughs> yeah oh man yeah yep around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. All right. Well, that was good. Good to hang with Phil. Always. As promised. You ready for some over-unders? Yeah, let's do it. Some NFC mm-hmm. over-unders? Yeah. Okay. We're going to start with the NFC East. Ooh. Dallas Cowboys. All right. Last yeah. year, they were 6-10. and 10. 50% jump to 9. 9 is the number for the Cowboys. I, I, I just I can't go over with that. I'm going under. It was nice of you to disagree right away. I'm going over. You're going to go over? I can't buy into it yet. Not, I'm on, no Dak I'm on Prescott. 10 and 7. No, you're going to go 10 and 7. Well, I mean, t- take the over with a 9. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, you have to go 10. I'm yeah, saying right. 10 and 7. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying 10. All right. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't jump on it yet. I just not. I, I haven't seen not Dak. Not convinced with Dak. I just that, the defense, it's just I got to see some more evidence of it. You know, there, to me, there was nothing – you know, that points yet to where I'm just going to go, oh, I mean, they're going to be exciting. I think they can put up some points. You know I love Dak, but I don't know if he's going to be 100% Dak. So that's the biggest thing. That, to me, His is shoulder. the biggest thing. I think is that, just the shoulder, even the foot still, mm-hmm. can he move quite the way he wants? And then, of course, I know Dan Quinn's there and the defense is going to be better, but, like, I'm not like, oh, no, watch out. Dallas's yeah. defense is totally going to turn it around. I mean, there's nobody in the secondary I love. The defensive line's solid, but I don't look at it and go, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, maybe Demarcus Lawrence can jump back on the scene and be the guy he was maybe two or three years ago. Yeah. Uh, the linebackers are the one part of the defense where I go, oh, they could Pretty be good. Vander Esch and Michael Parsons and Keanu Neal down there in the second level. That could be special. But I just, yeah, I got to see more first before I buy into that. I just can't, I can't jump on that wagon yet. Make me feel bad for taking you good. over there right good. out of the gate. That's Boom. good. This is Eat good. It. <laughs> More fire than coming out of the gate last time. All right, Washington. Yeah. Seven and nine last year. Yeah. Over under is eight and a half. I'm going over. Yeah, I was too. You, I, I mean, to me, Washington's the most complete football team in the NFC East. I thought this was the easiest one in the NFC East. I agreed. You know, and not, not to say that I think this is going to be like, oh, a 14 and three football team or anything like that, but I do think that they are. Their roster, 10 wins, 7 losses. I think Fitzpatrick is is as good now or better than he's ever been, really. And the receiving core is better than it was last year. Exactly right. Def- uh, a pretty good offensive line. Antonio Gibson's a good running back. Mm-hmm. You know, they get the Davis kid of the first round of linebacker. They needed that. You said it. I mean, the D-lines, is, it's as good as football. anybody Defense in football. Defense was good last year. And improved be- the secondary yeah. a little. Landon Collins should be healthy. They got, you know, my guy um, William Jackson from Cincinnati. So I, I look at them and just go, yeah, you know, again, I don't know if they're going to be a one or a two seed, but I think they're a playoff football team. And I like Scott Turner's offense, and mm-hmm. now he has the proper weapons around it. I just, I, I think they're a team that's, you know, going to have a say in things here when it's all said and done. If they go nine and eight, you win. You're right. Right. I it's mean, an eight and a half. I yeah. know. That's crazy. I went, I went through this one time, Chris, and I don't know yeah. how you did yours, yeah. but of the 16 teams, there were like two or three right away. But you I, just went right. I just out. knew what I what, what I was feeling, and this I'm is one you. of them. Yeah, I'm with you. The, the, the I don't I mean the NFC was easier than the AFC. At least I thought so. AFC, I had so many where I thought it was like, man, it's right where yeah, I think they're going to be. They set it in the perfect spot. Yes, and I was just like, ah, I don't know if I can really pick. I want you know how many times did I want to pick a push the other day? Giants six and ten last year. Vegas thinks they're going to be a little bit better. Right. Seven, no hook, just a straight seven. <sighs> It, 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 they're they're a push to slightly under type of team for me, right? 
I took the under. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to make me take one, I'm probably going to take the under as well. I don't like it. I, you know, if I felt better about the offensive line, mm-hmm. I'd probably go, I think I might take the over. Yeah. I, listen, I'm a little skewed here. You know, yeah, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a believer in Joe Judge. I'm, I, I, still, I think Daniel Jones can still be your starting quarterback and be your franchise. You know, the defense, you know, they're big up front. Nobody's going to overpower them. I mean, Patrick Graham's a really good defensive mind. they got a decent little secondary. But I just think overall, you know, yes, the, the, the offensive line last week was embarrassing. And the reason you didn't see Daniel Jones in the first two preseason games from everything that I know is because they were scared to put him out there behind that offensive line. And I get that. Hey, and everybody, too, just why we're on the Giants. Like, everybody – listen – I know Daniel Jones isn't Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or any of those guys, but like not every problem is Daniel Jones. Let I mean, me ask a question. Yeah, and please do. You can pick it right up from there. This right. is from at NFL fan Matt. Can you do us a favor and verify Giants Twitter's belief that Jason Garrett's offense sucks and Daniel Jones was better his rookie year with Shermer? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to go there yet. I'm not. Uh, I, I can't say that. You know, again, with Jason Garrett, let's take this into account. All right. You know, first off, like his all the things we talk about positively with Dak. Oh, he, he won all these games and did all this. They were all under Jason Garrett, but no, no one wants to give Jason Garrett right. the, the credit for that. They give it to Dak Prescott, which kind of annoys me. Last year, listen, I know the offense looked underwhelming, but w- what was it supposed to look like? Who 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 was on that offense that you went? Oh man, they should have been so much look better. Look at that O line, right? Saquon wasn't and they're the, there. They're the type of team too that. When they know they're not good in that area, they're like New England. They're going to go, wait, we're not going to do that because that could lose us the game. So let's be more conservative. Let's protect this offensive lineman. Let's do that. That's how they beat teams like Seattle and almost beat the Bucks at the end of the year. They managed the game the right way. Right. They didn't go, well, Jason, we just want you to throw for 5,000 yards every game. Yeah, well, if they did that, they would have been blown out in some games last year. So they, he played to what Joe Judge's vision of the team was. He has some more weapons to play with this year. I would be shocked if the offense is not better. But the offensive line personnel, to me, is an issue. And Andrew Thomas, the way he looked in the game the oh other night. I mean, come on. That's where I want the New York media killing Daniel Jones on Monday. Yeah. I'm going to go, like, he's supposed to block the left defense end now. And throw the ball. He's that good, Paul. They want him to block the left defense end and throw the ball. I mean, he had no chance. He throws an interception, right? And I think we got some pictures here to show this, right? He throws an interception to Evan Ingram. And now they're going to run a little run fake to the right, and they're going to boot – run fake to the left, and they're going to boot back to the right. You see Evan Ingram right now. He's at the top of the screen. Now let's go to the next picture here. Okay. So now we got the play. All right, and you see they've uh, we got the little backside tight end running the corner route. He's got uh, the crossing route at the top, but you see Evan Ingram right down here on the hash, right? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm not totally excusing Daniel Jones from this, but Evan Ingram does him absolutely no favors here and runs the wrong route. And 88 is Evan Ingram. He's right there on the three-yard line right next to the hash, in case anybody can't see him. Hopefully you're watching on YouTube and you don't have to listen to me explain this too thoroughly. Now, let's go to the next picture. Evan Ingram screws him first off. You know, he screws him. He goes, as you see right now, his route is supposed to be flat down the line. Just flat down the line. Okay? And I know, like, yeah, okay, I know he's not going to be open if he goes down flat down the line, but the other thing that might happen if he goes flat down the line too is Daniel Jones can maybe 
as Evan Ingram comes down the goal line towards the pylon, maybe he has the chance to turn the corner and run and do something like that. But Evan Ingram fades into the into the end zone. So let's go to the next picture. And within that, he's doing him like, sit down, stop right, right. there, stop. You're going to get the ball. That's what he's expecting him to do right here. This is why he throws the ball the way he does. He's thinking like, wait, there's a guy out in front of you, gear down, give me your chest, and we've done this a million times in practice. For some reason, Evan Ingram continued to float into the end zone. Now he's five yards deep in the end zone. Uh, uh, Daniel Jones throws him a ball thinking he's going to slow down and stop. It ends up being behind him. Yeah, okay, we can blame Daniel Jones and go, hey, don't let one mistake become two mistakes and those type uh, and those type of things. See, I just said it. There we go. <laughs> but but he was anticipating the guy to stop, right? sit there, and I'll hit you right in the chest it's and it would have been a telling. touchdown. If you're watching on YouTube, the ball made it through those two defenders that right. are five yards apart. I, I don't so know Daniel what Jones doing. found found the open spot. Right. So he was getting ready to release, and, and Evan Ingram made it look like he was going to kind of gear down, and then all of a sudden decided to keep drifting. going and kept drifting. Yeah. And it just, hey, it's an example of let's not blame everything on the quarterback, you know, and I know it's we're going to blame him a lot, but, man, there's other issues there right now with the Giants, and uh, we'll see where this goes. But I just, man, the criticism is so harsh of Daniel Jones up right, up here right now, and that, right. that does bother me. However, two, two votes on the under with the Giants yeah. over-under set at seven. Yeah. One more team, the Eagles, they won four times last year. Vegas thinks they're going to win seven this year. I, I, don't, I don't see that. I, I don't get that. No, I don't get that either. Now, I'm going under. I don't think we're going to see like a 4-13 and 13 type year. I could see I'm going to go five, six wins. I think that's about right. But to win this bet, they would have to go 8-9. and nine. I, I don't, No way do I see that happening. Right. At least I got I to gotta see it to believe it. That's one of those. I will say this. If there's one positive about the Eagles, okay, it is that they, are, they have a chance to have an unbelievable dominant offensive line. Where I look at that and go, okay, that gives them a little bit of a, a fighting chance. It's a good place to start. It is a good place to start. And then on the defensive line, the same thing. Where I go, man, there's a lot of good, big people. we got some decent edge guys. Where I, you know, they're never going to be in a game where you're going to look at and go, I mean, the Eagles are just going to get plowed. They're going to get plowed and overrun. So that gives them a fighting chance to maybe where we're both wrong. Mm-hmm. But, I, again, i got to see it. Nick Sirianni, new head coach, Jalen Hurts, how much has he developed as a thrower? He only played 10 plays in the preseason. Yeah. So i got to see some of that before I'm jumping on the over there. At Adam Blackhall asks, Paulie B., how could you ignore my Eagles the other day when you said the Broncos had the weakest quarterback room? Although I reckon we could get a sitcom from the Phillies QB from the quarterbacks with the main guy, Hurts, the old guy, Flacco, and the new quirky neighbor, <laughs> yeah, right. Minshew. Yeah. Well, well done. Well to his point, first off, that's why the Eagles are involved in the Deshaun Watson conversation. Yeah. They understand that their their room's a little underwhelming. Hey, I, I'm excited to see Jalen Hurts. You know, just from the 10 plays I did see, I was wrong to not have him in the top 40 just from those 10 plays. Let's just see where it goes from there. <laughs> right. But And Nick Sirianni, along with uh, Shane Steichen, hey, I, I, I mean, I still think the Chargers made a mistake letting Shane Steichen out the door. So I look at those two and I go, oh, there's some creativity there. To where, 
you know, Jalen Hurts, he's going to be better in games than he is in practice because he's just not the machine throwing, but he looked right. pretty good in the throws I saw. We know he can run. We just talked about that O-line. That's where I give them a fighting chance when I'm going under. Moving to the NFC North, this is one of these numbers, Chris. We start with the Packers. where I looked at him like, what am I missing here? Yeah, hey, yeah, I know. Ten, ten and a half? Mm-hmm. They were 13-3 and three last year. I know there's been some drama, maybe uh, a little spillover with the quarterback situation. But Aaron Rodgers is still the guy. Back-to-back seasons, 13-3. and three. He's, he's showing no signs of slowing down. No. I think the synergy with quarterback and head coach will be better. Right. So 10.5 seems like a very low number to me. I, I'm, I mean, that, to me, this is one of those that we were just talking about where you're just like, what? what? Over. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm, yes. I, I mean, I am too. Not a you whole know, lot else to say. The, about the other thing is over people making too much of a deal about the offseason crap. Like, that's over with. It doesn't matter. Rodgers doesn't care anymore. You know, he's probably like, fuck Gooden Coos, fuck Mark Murphy. Yeah. Here we go. Let's just play football. I got my coaches, my players. Offensive line? Not really. I mean, they might have a new center. Bakhtiari's out. But okay, they'll, they'll manage. Yeah. You know, so I don't look at it. I'm I'm with you. I don't look at any of it to go, oh, man, this this could be a big letdown year. Yeah. They got a tough start of their schedule, but they still got Aaron Rodgers. Some, you know, pretty good weapons, a pretty good system. I think the defense has a chance to be better under Joe Barry. Uh, I, I certainly don't expect to drop off. And here's my other big point, okay, because we're going to sit here and talk about this. Who the hell in the NFC North do you think is going to be that scary? Mm. That you think like, oh, no, Green Bay might not win. I mean, I look at the NFC North and I almost go, uh, that's six wins for the Packers, and let's move on to the rest of the schedule. There I mean, that's almost how you think about it. I know that's not realistic, but I just go – Minnesota right now? Yeah, so let's go. Keep well, going. Let's, let, let's get to them. Minnesota's yeah. the next team. Their number is nine. What? Nine. What? Under, right? Right. I mean, like, pretty like, easily under. I, I, I just I don't see it. I don't. Now, I know Dalvin Cook didn't play in the preseason. Maybe their offensive line's a little bit better. But it's, an, it's Clint Kubiak, a new offensive coordinator. The defense got a little better, but I don't know if it got that much better. I, I think just, they're going to be. I mean, again, ten and seven is what they have to hit if, if you're going to go over here. I, do, I just don't see that. That, that was such a, a stretch. That's another one where I just looked at it and I was like, "What? I'm going under here without even thinking. Like, yeah. It's not even going to cross my mind." How about the Bears at seven and a half? They were a tougher one. They were a tougher one for me too, and I, I went over. You went over. I was feeling generous. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where to go with the. I mean, I've literally talk me through it. I really don't know what to expect from the offense, the Justin Fields situation. I don't like the way the defense looked in the preseason. I don't. You know, I I don't think they're going to be better. Mm-hmm. Not to dis- disrespect Sean Desai at all, because I think I know he's a good coach. He's going to put his stamp on things. All that you lost Kyle Kyle Fuller at at corner. Hey Khalil Mack, we know he's real good. Is he a superstar? I don't think so. I mean, it's, you know, sacks make you a superstar. Yeah. He's awesome against the run and gets a good amount of sacks. Akeem Hicks, a little older. I, I, I'm, I lend to go under here. Okay. I, I, I'm looking at, like, I think 7 and 10 is how, how I one. look at it. Yeah. This is one, but before I even looked at the actual number, I yeah. said, okay, what do you think they're going to be? And I wrote down 8 and 9. Yeah, okay. A competitive right. 8 and 9. Justin Fields has some nice moments and... They kind of squeak out an 8-9. and nine. They could do that, Paul. I mean, last year they won a handful of ugly games and just yeah. somehow got into the playoffs. Is is the most underwhelming playoff appearance ever, but they did it. And that's what does scare me about them, that they'll kind of like 
just hang around just enough to be in the conversation. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I just I don't feel it with the Bears. It is a tough one. It is. One that could really go either way. So seven and a half was their number. And I, I look up and down the NFC. Seven is the lowest number you'll see until you get to Detroit. Mm-hmm. There's nobody at, at six. Right. There's nobody at five. The Lions number is four and a half. By far the lowest number in the NFC. I mean, they go five and 12, which is a horrible season. And you're a winner on that one if you go over. Trying to talk you into it. I know. I'm, I went under, though. I went. I just, yeah, it's another one where the roster doesn't pop to me. Jared Goff's the quarterback. The defense, you know, I like the coaching staff, but I think they're in a total transition period here of leaving the Matt Patricia, you know, vision of their football team. And the other thing that just, you know, stinks for them is, is the, the start of their schedule you know, uh, until the Bengals in week six, I don't. There's not a team that they play that they're better that they than. They should win, right? Like so, yeah. I just think this is a year where, hey, let's set the culture. Let's get started. Some of the pieces that we know are going to make us better for the future, and just work on that. And if we go four and thirteen, then so what? Yeah. Who cares? I mean, nobody's expecting anything from them this year. But there's just too many questions across the board about them for me, uh, and I'll I'll go under. You know, and and again, I I got. Dan Campbell, maybe he's going to be worth a few more wins with his motivation and physicality and things like that. Aaron Glenn, first-time defensive coordinator. You know, Anthony Lynn, an offensive coordinator. I got to see what his pass game is going to look like. I know he might be good in the run game. What's the pass game going to look like? There's just too many things that jump out to me where I just go, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to go under here. It's fair enough. I, I did have them taking the over. Just four and a half felt like a tiny, right? So you're going to go five small and, little yeah, number. Five so and twelve. I gave them, yeah, yeah, I yeah, gave right. them a rotten season. Yeah. Uh, with the five and twelve. NFC South, other side of twelve. The Bucks set at number twelve. Twelve wins. Last year they were eleven and five in the regular season. I'm going over. I mean, especially with what I. I mean, first off, we know the roster is amazing. It's the exact same. It's the exact same. I mean, it's young talent, too. It's not like a bunch of old guys that they kept that are exact same. It's like, no, it's, yeah, there's a few old guys, Brady and Antonio Brown and Gronkowski. After that, it's all a bunch of guys that are still, like, going on the up and up in their career. And, you know, maybe other than Levante David, too. Like it, but, but, like, I, I just think they're so clearly the most talented team in right. the NFC, and then it's another year of Brady in the system. And mm-hmm. then, again, what we saw from Brady the other night. Yeah, no. You know, it's just I, I just look at them and go, they're going to be able to do whatever they want on offense. Right. If they can protect him, and now he seems more – and, you know, you read things down there, he's definitely more comfortable in the offense. Sure. He's not, like, thinking as he walks to the line of scrimmage. I've seen him say it. I've heard Bruce Arians say that. You know, if they want to run the ball, they got a mean, nasty offensive line. I mean, they got like two run plays, and they're just like, oh, screw you. Stop it. Right. And then you can't. So, yeah, I'm going over there. I'm expecting, yeah. you know, number one seed type of stuff from the Tampa Bay Bucks this year. It was one of those where I wanted to. I spent some time diving in. I'm like, I'm going to find some reasons to say, you know what? They're going to be really good, but yeah, I'm going to say hard. they go 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. And like, what do you find? Unless you have some conviction that Brady's going to fall off, there are no signs of that. There's nothing roster-wise where you could really dig in and say, you know what, this no. team's not going to be as good as they were last year. I don't, I don't think so. I, don't think I mean, so I think either. you're going to get some of those young corners that are only going to be better. Antoine Winfield's only going to be better. Devin White's only going to be better. Vita Vea, if he could stay healthy. He was only healthy for the last few games of the year last year in the yep. playoffs. He stays healthy. I mean, great Scott's Batman. I mean, come on. that's that's They're, right. they're scary. 
Saints at nine. This is a fun one. They were 12 and four last year. And people expect automatically for the Saints to be in the double digit win section as long as Sean is down yeah. there. Nine wins to me was a little, little low. I could see them being much better than that. I, 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 they're like, so right now we got, they're, it looks like they're going to be away from New Orleans for a month. Yeah. That makes me like, oh, damn, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah. I think they're a playoff team. I'm more of the push to barely over with them. I, I think they're I'm with a comfortable over here. You're with a comfortable I can see over. 11 you, wins. you think they're going to you think they're going to like be a real force in I the, do. Yeah. I, I know. I, I think Jameis is going to be pretty good. I mean, look at the quarterback play last sure. year. It wasn't like it was upper echelon and they still would they win last year. They won 12 last year. I know. I know. And maybe it's an upgrade this year. Well, there's going to be an upgrade as far as maybe the openness of the offense you because Jameis be can more push the ball down yeah. the field and do those type of the things. The decision-making efficiency, we'll see. Yes. But yeah. I, I, I think it's a great point. That that's, That is definitely going to be a factor. I No Michael Thomas. I guess I want to see more Jameis first. You know, like, I'm, again, I'm picking to be playoffs, but I kind of went to the barely over. Barely over. The barely over conversation here. So you, you, you know, wrote it in all undercase and in parentheses. Well, yes. Uh, you know, they they got uh, uh, to play the AFC East. You know, that's a good, of course, a good, good group. They got to play a first-place schedule as far as the rest of the NFC. Uh, NFC East, I get you. That's, that's, that's favorable for sure. Um, I got so much faith in Sean Payton. I really do, but I, you know, you're trying to talk yourself out of the over here. No, no, I'm doing over okay. all the way. I just, I, I, I don't know why. I just can't jump on to like, oh, I think they're going to be 13 and four, or I just feel like they might lose a few games this year with Jameis maybe taking a few chances yeah. here and there. No, Michael Thomas. I, I guess those are the things that are kind of. Uh, bothering me to a degree but i still still think they're an nfl an NFC, nfc playoff team pete what did you just say about jacksonville breaking news saints packers week one in jacksonville right i mean what a great advantage first off for green bay that you don't have to go to the superdome and deal with that crowd to open the season it could be 110 degrees though it I could mean, be yeah both i know but yeah i hear what you're saying you know that's just that's it's advantage packers that they get this opportunity and it's one less game in a hostile environment which we know can be like the most hostile environment right um yeah, I, I mean, I like the Saints. I still think they could be a – if they get a rolling, could be a pain in the butt in the playoffs. Like Marcus Davenport looked better coming off the edge. They still – the same things hold true. Yeah, it's Sean Payton, Kamara. The offensive line is one of the best in football. Uh, I, I guess I'm just going, man, how many years can they win the NFC West and just be awesome – I mean, NFC South and be dominant like that? So, yeah, I'm just going over. Like 10-7, and seven, I guess, is kind of what I'm thinking for the Saints this year. We've talked about this team quite a bit, and even on, on this show, and I think this one's an automatic. Carolina Panthers, 7.5. Yeah. Pretty easy over for me. I am too. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Carolina Panthers to go to the playoffs. 100%. So – uh, we, you, have, you have three playoff teams in the NFC South. I do. Yeah, I'm going three three playoff teams in the NFC South for sure. They're just one of those teams where again we see it every year, right? I mean, a third of the playoff teams fall out of the playoffs the next year, and we get we get four or five new teams. Carolina is the team I'm going with to do that. And I also look at it and go, um, to me, for teams like this, the start of the schedule is important. Gain a little confidence and things like that. They're going to get the Jets at home. They're better than them. 
They got the Saints. Okay, we know that'll be tough. But then the Houston Texans, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Giants, the Falcons, those are all their next games where I go, you know, even if they're not hitting on all cylinders yet and everything like that, those are games they can win. And I think their rosters are more talented than all of those teams there that we just mentioned other than the Saints. So, yes, I'm a believer in Darnold. I'm a believer in Matt Rule. And I'm a believer in what, just what I've seen so far. Um, you know, just like I talked to like Miami and things like that, just the look of the football team, they got it all. Now they just got to kind of get the confidence and go right. out there and do it. And I'm going to bet that they do. Three for three in the NFC South here, big lefty with the overs in playoff teams. Damn. So that Negative leaves the Falcons. Here. They're going under. Pretty good Pretty what, good time to go under. What's their set at? What are they set at? What would you guess? They're at, well, I, I mean, I saw it, but it was like seven. Were they seven and a half? Seven and a half. Yeah, that's yeah. too high for me. Right. I don't, I don't know, even know where you can get that. They were four and twelve a year ago. What, what, what is what does everybody look at to go? Cal Pitts worth worth two and a half. Or is it just Arthur Smith? You know, again, Arthur Smith. Like, I don't think that team's quite where they needed to be to capitalize on the way he wants to play yet yeah. either. So, you know, defensively, there's not a ton that jumps out at me. You know, Dean Pease. It's a new system for that group down there. They've been running that Dan Quim Seattle scheme and playing against three playoff teams exactly. in their division. Exactly right. So that's what that's what you know scares me. I don't think that offensive line is set up to just open up holes like for like uh, for Mike Davis, like Derrick Henry had. And uh, I love Calvin Ridley. Matt Ryan's still really good. Pitts will be really good. But, yeah, tough division. And I just don't see enough talent overall in the whole roster for me to sit here and go, oh, yeah, no, this is a bounce back year for the Atlanta Falcons. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Three divisions we've hit so far, Chris. We have had two teams, two total that are predicted to have double-digit wins. Green Bay, the over-under was 10.5. Tampa Bay, it was 12. Okay, we, we get to the NFC West. Yeah, yikes. Three. I know. We have three in double digits. Uh-huh. I'll start with the Rams at 10. This one, to me, was like, they were 10-6 and six last year. There's, there's another game. They upgraded a quarterback. I, I really had to go back and I'm like, did something major happen here that I'm that I'm forgetting about? Yeah, I you know I, I know it like, is. It what is, am I missing? No, I, why is it only ten? I, I I don't know. Well, 
I think it's the division, division is tougher, you right? Yeah. You know, the, the it's, it is a tough division. Um, it's a thin football team that we've talked about. That's always on the cusp of like for me, like there just you go. dangling Good. on the edge of like man, two injuries and yeah. you guys are screwed. Yeah. You're not going to be the same. They team. got the running back injury thing. The going running on. back injury thing too, right? So I think that's what we're we're probably talking about when we when we hit on the the Rams. You know, I. I, mm, I I, I'm I'm on the push to barely over with them too. Yeah. So I mean, again, I'm going to go with the over, but I think it's like an eleven and barely. six okay. type type of over. Yeah. Um, I do think Raheem Morris on the defensive side will be great. Uh, that's awesome. You know, the NFC West they got the AFC South right, so they got then we know they can beat the Texans and the Jags. The Colts and the Titans will be tough. They got the NFC North, which is fair, favorable too. I mean, we just hit on it. We really look at only Green Bay as the real, real team there. But it is. It's their own division. Their 17th game happened to be the Ravens, too, which was a bad draw for them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, overall, yeah, I just think it's. I'm going to go barely, barely over. Barely on the overside. Yeah. I, I'm on the overside, too, yeah. again, unless I'm really missing something. You think something you're going there. like, you're, you're not thinking like 13 and 4, no, but like 12 11 and 5, 12. 11 and 6. Yeah, yeah. something there. To me, yeah. 11 and 6, it yeah. seems pretty reasonable right. with that team, that quarterback and that defense. I know. I can't wait to see Matt Stafford and company and what McVay does with them and just what it looks like all One you know, of the most anticipated parts of the season, Definitely. for sure. Yep. Niners are 10 and a half. They were 6 and 10 last year. Team sets up a lot differently. Jimmy G's healthy. They bring in Lance. Ten and a half. For a while, to me, felt like a big number. I since know. they were only 6-10 and 10 last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I wrote down over. Yeah. I'm into, I, I'm into what they're doing at the quarterback spot. It, you know, it, it, you know, six and ten last year. Yeah. Let's not forget how many times we went. Man, if they didn't mess this game up, they should have won this. They had all these injuries, everything like that. Big upgrades at quarterback this yeah. year. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, we'll see where all that goes. Here's the the first thing I'll say: you got the Lions and Eagles out of the gate, where I just go, okay, that's a nice setup to get things going back. But I just look at the the Forty ers and look at the roster all together, assuming that we get Nick Bosa here. You know, back in the fold, right. maybe a little D Ford back in the fold. Uh, I just go, man, they're 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 talented yeah. on both sides of the ball. And then you know, yeah, the Trey Lance aspect, Shanahan's offense in general. I just as long as it stays healthy, I don't give a damn right. like, if it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance. I still think it's going to be dangerous. And, and defensively, I worry about their corners still to a degree. Because there's nobody there that I look at to just go, man, if they got to play man-to-man in a big spot, they're going to be able to do it. They'll be okay. they they got nobody there in that department. But they're going to rely on their pass rush to save that that aspect. And when you get a healthy D forward with Bosa and Eric Armstead and just they have depth behind it, you know, their linebackers are really good. Uh, so, yes, I'm, I'm going over here. Not like super over. 11 wins kind of uh, season, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to bet on the 49ers winning the division and going okay. like 11-6 and six right I'm, in there. I'm with you there. You know, maybe 12-5 and five if they get a lucky bounce of the ball here and there. And I have a good feeling about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to have like comeback player of the year. I wouldn't be shocked. Kind of season. No matter how much they use Trey Lance, right. I, I think it's ultimately going to help him. Yeah. I just I just have a good feeling about that one going Yeah, in. it's going to keep him on his P's and Q's for sure. Yeah. And it sounds like it already has through training right? camp. I mean, that's all they talked about. I don't think that was like trade bait or BS or anything like that. I think he literally has had one of the better camps he's had since he's been there, and they're excited about that. Seattle at 10. They won 12 games last year. They, they live in this neighborhood of winning 10, 11, 12 games mm-hmm. a year. And I know there are some issues there, but it's still Russell Wilson. Yep. Still Pete Carroll. The no. Hawks are – I'm going under. You're going under. I mean, 
I know. Okay, so I I need a couple of reasons. Yeah. And your first one, your first reason is? That division's better. Okay, yeah, you got a new offensive coordinator, but it's the same offense that's in your division. It's not like it's like the division's going to be like, oh my gosh, it's the the lesser version of Sean McVay's offense. Because very rarely does the crony outdo the guy he learned it from. So I guess I worry about that. You know, there's just... I, we talked about with Dad the Dwayne Brown situation, the you know okay we got the Jamal Adams things figure out Quandre Diggs he doesn't want he wants more money right now which he deserves it I, I understand what he's saying there cover corners who who you know defensive line front seven okay Bobby Wagner and Bobby Wagner still real good is he great anymore to me not. But like on the front, the defensive line, I look at it and go, hey, there's pretty good depth, but like who's, who's the guy? Who's the difference maker? Who yeah. are you scared of on there? I guess that's where I kind of came down to it a little bit. You think I'm just, putting too much on Russell Wilson? No, I, he's, he is the reason I'm scared as hell yeah. for this. I mean, he's the magic man. I mean, just how many games have they won? Like you said, that's why they're always around that. Because yep. it's like, oh, they didn't play their best today, but they kept it within one score with three minutes left, and yeah. Russell got the ball, and you lost. Right. They didn't. They shouldn't. Have, they did, you outplayed them. But they won. But you let them hang around, and you let Russell have the ball last, and you lost. And that's where they're scary. I am going Seattle no playoffs this year. That is my team that I think eight, falls nine. out. Yeah, nine or and eight. Eight, nine and eight. Right. Like they're one of those teams that's going to come down the last two weeks of the year. How does it play out? And uh, that's the, you know, wow. the one team I got you know, from in last year to the outside looking this year. Like Bill Belichick with cutting quarterbacks, not afraid. Not, 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 not afraid. I try, I try this, not to be. I in try. this over-under game. Woo, this that, last one is fairly easy, I think. Yeah, Arizona, yeah, eight and a half. Yeah. Can, can you see them going nine and eight? Nope. I mean, I they, got, they got to prove it to me. Yeah. You know, I, I do love that Chandler Jones is going to be back. My big question is everything we talked about last year. Can the offense be more diverse? Exactly. Bring more to the table. We can't just line up in four wides and think this is the Big 12 anymore. That's just not going to get it done. Yep. Kyler got to be a little better, like we talked about a few weeks ago, on third downs. Mm-hmm. You know, defensively, I love the middle linebackers, those two super freaks in the middle, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. You know, I love Buda Baker. Malcolm Butler, it sounds like, is going to retire, has some sort of personal issue. I don't know what it is. It's something personal. Right. You know, they're not like I don't look at them already and go, well, they got great cover corners. That's a that's a weakness of their football team. I like Vance Joseph. He's creative on that side of the ball. But in that division uh, and, and everything else you take along with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going under there. If it is under and we both feel like it's going to be, do you think that'll be it for Cliff Kingsbury? Um, I do. Yeah. Yeah. It just I mean, there's so much excitement about Kyler's potential. It, if they're not in the playoff hunts late December or in it. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the bottom line, too. Maybe if they're not in it in January. I, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I definitely think that's going to be real chatter, and that's going to be the conversation. If they're out of the conversation in December, like you're talking about, or don't make it, or if it just looks like, man, Kyler hasn't progressed at all. It just it looks like the same type of stuff we saw the first few years where, yeah, Kyler is going to make plays. I know that. He's, a, he's, like, he's a freak. He flies. I mean, he can run. He can do all those type of things. So he's going to be a, a pain in the butt. But as we've seen, like, in both years, as the season's gone along, they're too predictable. Teams catch up to everything they do, and they know exactly how they're going to be attacked from that Cardinals offense. And I guess that's what, what really worries me about them. It's a classic situation, or I guess a perfect example. Some of these quarterbacks that you like a lot, you talk about, you're like begging the offense to help them more. 
And if they don't help him more in terms of the scheme or how they make it, nothing's easy, but easier for him yeah. to be good for 17 weeks, it's not going to change. You've got to help the quarterback. I mean, I don't care who it is. I mean, the GOAT, Brady, they helped the quarterback in Tampa, in New England, like we've talked about. Even Rodgers. You know, I don't care. Like, yeah, Mike McCarthy's offense wasn't good enough. They needed something else there. He needed a little help. Right. You know, it just, it just doesn't matter. You know, Josh Allen, he's awesome. He needs some help. Yeah, they got a great system. He's going to be okay. You know, same with, you know, Mahomes and all that. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a, I hate the, oh, the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback. It's like back to our Lamar Jackson thing. No, it's on you, coaches. You guys are making millions of dollars, too. you got to play to their strengths and adjust the game plan accordingly. And that's what really good teams do. Right. Oh, Drew Brees can't throw it 50 yards on a line anymore. Okay, we'll come up with 75,000 different ways to throw it 5 and 10 yards. And we'll still make the and playoffs. And we'll still make the playoffs yeah. and win the football game. Tom Brady, like we talked about the other day, he can't do three-step game or boots. Doesn't matter. We're going to formulate a bunch of plays where he can stand in the pocket and pick you apart because that's what he's the best at. Right. And that's what good coaches do. And uh, I think with some of these other ones where we question the quarterback and those, t- and those type of things, motherfucker. <laughs> and when we question the quarterback and all those other conversations around it, I just want to go, no, we need to question a other lot of things, things yeah. around it. Yeah. You Stop putting these guys on the pedestal like they're all Superman right. and they're supposed to just overcome every little obstacle they got. There it is. Woo! As we once said, there's a show, that's a show. There it is. All right. I mean, so, I mean, you know, I mean, we're going to be doing like playoff predictions, Super Bowl predictions next week. Unfortunately, you will not be there. It's it, Tuesday. You're not in. Are you in Tuesday? I, I need I need to peep. We, we, need, we need to talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Pete will talk. We'll figure it. We'll, we'll, it's a fluid. Uh, we'll figure it it's out. Fluid we will situation. not be back on yeah. Monday. It's Labor Day. We know that. Okay. Correct. So Tuesday will be the podcast. Tuesday afternoon, I'm flying to Tampa. There you go. Thursday night. Sunday, Thursday, Sunday night football on Thursday. Homecoming NFL. parade Wednesday morning for Chris Sims. Oh, yeah, Tampa. Yeah, they love me down there. Uh, they, they really always were great to me. But I'm excited to go back there. Yeah. We're going to be on site there. We'll do uh, uh, the PFT Chris Sims Unbuttoned Picks Galore podcast with Florio on that Friday morning there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Tuesday, right, Pete? We're going to do the playoff, the playoff right tree. There, yeah. And as you see, in the NFC, I got Washington, Green Bay, Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Rams, 49ers. That's my NFC playoffs right there. there now is. I just got to figure out how I want to seed them and yeah. who I want to go to the Super Bowl. You can hit that all in the A block because this morning it was 39 minutes. By hey, the way. You saw that? I was, I, was, I was going back to the coffee and I heard Mike say, when we come back? And I, I glanced over. I'm like 39 39 after. minutes. That is a meaty, a meaty. first block. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you if you if I didn't have this Possibly unbelievable brain, yeah, I, I don't know how I'd do it, but yeah. I do. <laughs> okay, let's go. We're out of here on that note. Yep, dumb blonde from New Jersey said that. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Paulie, you the man. Always fun you. talking to you. Yep. I'll see you, see you next week. Yep, right. I'll see you Sounds soon. Good. We'll talk. Everybody, be good. Enjoy Labor Day weekend. Be safe. Have fun, but don't go crazy. Okay, I'm gonna have lots Seems of fun, fair. but I'm not gonna go crazy. All right. Peace. See ya. I'm taking the over there. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.